Hello and welcome to the Toad On Games podcast. This is a very different episode, you may or may not know the backstory behind this, but I'm just going to start off with saying trigger warnings. If you are sensitive to things like suicide, um, family deaths, stuff like that, there's going to be some of that in this podcast, so please just be aware of that. This is going to be a fairly serious, but ultimately uplifting and positive episode. So what we're doing here is I recently shared a tweet about positive stories to do with video games that people wanted to share. There's been a lot of negative stories recently. The press have been um, tugging video games as, as uh, violent and a, and a negative thing due to some recent very unfortunate events. And I just felt that we need a bit of positivity. So I asked people to share stories about how video games had changed their lives, how video games had built people's careers, how it's formed friendships, positive stories about video games. All of us listening, I assume, know that video games have a deeply, deeply positive effect on people's lives in many varied, beautiful ways. Of course, as well as just being a, a great form of entertainment that keeps people occupied, which is in itself beautiful. But it can affect people a lot deeper than that, and I think perhaps more than any other medium, more than TV shows and movies, although I'm sure people have similar stories for those as well. Just the interactive method of video games means that people can bond with people a lot easier with them and just have a, a deep personal experience with them. And so we have a lot of stories that people have very kindly recorded and sent in today. Um, I'm not going to talk much, I'm going to introduce them if, if they didn't in their file that they sent themselves, but that's about it. Yeah, so if you do want to check out the, the original tweet with the hundreds of responses, I'll link that in the description on SoundCloud or wherever you're listening to this. But otherwise, thank you so much to everyone that sent in a story. Cannot thank you enough, that is absolutely wonderful and I, I'm endlessly appreciative if you sent in a story. Some of these stories are about very dark moment in their lives. Um, some are happy stories about how it bonded them with their friends and how they had a great experience with a video game and how it built a career and stuff like that. But just be aware of those. Um, but ultimately, these are uplifting stories. The The bottom line is that it was a positive experience that changed someone's life for the better. And that's beautiful. Um, so please enjoy these people's stories um, and if possible go and say thanks to them for sharing their story because it's a big deal to be able to share a story like this so just say thank you to them just go and tweet them if if their handle is mentioned or click in the description to see some of their work perhaps and just go and say thank you for sharing your story yeah so please enjoy this first story is from harrison milfeld apologies if i butchered your surname that's at h-m-i-l-f-e-l-d at twitter he is the co-host of nintendo voice and a writer for Pure Nintendo. Um, well, where to start, actually, on how video games in general have kind of changed my life or, you know, were there to help me in some ways. I mean, a lot of people out there have said that they've met many great friends through there or they met a loved one or it basically was a career for them as well. Um, I don't necessarily have, whether it's a loved one or anything that's connecting to me, but this is more of a, a love of not just the video games specifically, but well, not video games in general, but just Nintendo and specifically as being, you know, that one company, one thing that I just felt like not necessarily my identity, but just gave me so many memories to, and also opened up my doors to basically being in love more with the industry as a whole. Um, I mean, it all started whatever when my brother handed me an NES controller and he briefly tried to run me through how to actually play Super Mario Brothers. 
And since then, yeah, as cliche as it sounds, I've been hooked since then. You know, I've fallen in love with a series like Metroid and Zelda, and I would, even my low points, whether I asked for a Virtual Boy one Christmas, and we know how that turned out, and I just tend to usually joke about how it actually was the reason why I got glasses. But as this all kind of happened up as I was growing up, um, I mean... When I was born, or about a few years after I was born, I was diagnosed with a learning disorder. And as a kid, um, doctors had told my parents that I was um, I was never going to be taught alongside in the right classrooms with uh, everybody else. And you know, my mother in her own tears, whatever, broke down, refused to sit, believe this. And you know, she was an educator for thirty plus years, and you know, she worked her hardest to kind of get me through that. And, you know, video games themselves used to be my little guide through the world. I mean, where I felt like a world did not feel like accepted me or I didn't have a role, I'd play video games myself because it felt like it gave me a role. It gave you a job or things to do. And I know the popular thing to say is that video games are this escapism for the horrors of the real world. And I understand, you know, the horrors of the real world, whether it's garbage going on right now I still pay attention to everything out there to kind of get myself to update it but I usually go through with Nintendo for instance just to kind of like I I just need something here to keep myself sane just to kind of remind myself the world's not bad I mean things like that got the best of me as far as my mind and you know it kind of once I got through the hardships of high school and then up to college when I went to journalism school I uh, a lot of stress came up to me And all that stress and things that were going to, I worked hard and hard and hard, and even my own mother pushed me to get there when times I felt like I wanted to give up, and yet video games were still there to help me in ways. But I wrote an article about this for the site that I currently work for, Pure Nintendo, and the title of the article I wrote was called Extra Life. It was basically the whole thing, what I'm telling you now, but also the whole subtext of it was me to the point where I about almost committed suicide. And it was the night before my college graduation, and I just didn't know what to do. I had good grades, but I still felt like I was did not have a role in the world, or I felt like the fears were coming into it. And suddenly, at one point of it, I looked down and I saw a DS light along my things in my my college uh, my, my college room, and burst out in tears because I knew I didn't want to do things like this. And I ended up playing a little bit and going to sleep. And I guess the way to end of this is it helped me. Nintendo itself helped me get through a lot of hardships. But also, no matter how hard or bad or I scream at them for bad decisions or for good decisions, whether I know I can look back at that and show it still has a very special place in my heart and at times still makes me happy. This next story is by Louis or at Jelly Scallywag on Twitter. Hi, my name is Louis. And as you might have heard and will hear in this podcast, a common theme is to say that the three minutes given as an estimate are not enough to express what a positive impact video games had to people's lives. That is a statement that should really speak to itself. For myself, I don't know where to even begin with. Ever since I was a kid playing on computers or consoles, games have not only been the way I spend my time, but a driving force for my wish to make things, to make something creative. I have fond memories of playing flash games like Newgrounds, the indie games from the Euro Game Sandbox, Nintendo games, Oregon Trail, Jazz Jack Rabbit, Doom, Quake, Counter Strike, and uh, many games from uh, this list look like the most violent games, 
But what did not struck with me was not the urge to kill the alien creatures with a nail gun in an animal rampage. It was the excitement I was feeling to sit down, booting up the EXE or DOS file, or even putting in the CD or putting in a cartridge. After that, what I would call now a meth kind of day, seeing the start screen, walking around the map, remembering the rush or emotion I would get from a really well-made soundtrack, the animations, the art, the character models, and the game design which really has been ever since, my driving force and passion to want to create the things me and people like me can enjoy. That is what I remember the most from my childhood, and at the same time it was the only thing I looked up to once I began having severe depression. Sure, here yeah, I am playing the victim with a mental and wellness card, obviously, but for a piece of entertainment, to manage to make, to wake the urge inside me, to want to make something with my life, and at the same time to keep me alive, is one thing I can hardly look over and not owe it to games, and it's a thing I want people to think about, the many people who found themselves in games, and the collectives surrounding them. Back from my dog days, when my unwellness was peaking, I fortunately not only remember the struggle to drag myself out of bed and to treat myself at this, this and that, but the many joys I was having to talk about indie games and to help making them as well. Back from those days, I owe to games the many friends I made, to which many of them I talk daily to this day. Games were the things that managed to make me bubble up when talked about back then, because when I was in a multiplayer game like Team Fortress, or helping brainstorm ideas, or tweaking game character sprites, those were the only moments I would giggle myself to tears because for once in a week I was feeling like myself at last. Because of the days I used to collaborate on games in which I helped create the little things and that rush of excitement of having something done by me out there in the vast internet that people can enjoy and be happy of. That's the reason I'm doing what I love doing and the most in life and it's inherently the reason why I am alive. And sure, I ha there have been so many controversies, disagreements, and negative things about every piece of entertainment that has ever been out there. But who and what has not dealt with negativity at least once in a lifetime? If you look at music and bands and see the numerous accidents, con controversies, the wars, the negativity, and then you look at the astounding numbers of fan gatherings, friendships that started because two share the same interests, people attending gigs, the people who owe to a band for finding their love and their soulmate, the communities created around bands, all the musicians who came to light and covers and that and cover songs that inspire and drive them to pursue music and all the people who spend a hefty amount of money to collect vinyls. You ask yourself, what makes all these people be so attached to this one thing, music? Or if you think of all the people who are so attached to games, what makes them be so attached to games? The reason behind it 
To that, the answer is a passion which has been their driving force to advance in life and to want to exist. And that answer is the reason why I owe so much to games and to creating stuff in general. This next story is from Mark James, that's at mjames underscore 84 on Twitter. A couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about this and actually wrote an article. Basically, when I was uh, 11 years old and just starting, or just about to start secondary school, um, my dad was involved in a serious road traffic accident. Um, I found out sort of later that day that he had unfortunately passed away, um, which made starting a new school particularly difficult. It was at a time when I perhaps wasn't necessarily all that good at making friends. Um, a lot of people in the school, or at least a lot of people in my class, weren't my friends from the previous school, so I was felt quite isolated and alone. But there was always this kind of one thing that I had, and that was my Super Nintendo, which at the time I did I kind of shared with my brother, but we had number of games that used to just give me an escape really allowed me to not have to think too much about the loss of my my dad um just kind of gave me these worlds i could escape to you know you know i had zelda and super metroid and super mario world kind of going back to those games now it kind of just made me realise how important it was when I was growing up to have something that gave me that escape from, from thinking about what had been going on in my life. And I think for that, I will probably always uh, have quite a soft spot for Nintendo in particular because, it, you know, it, it could have been uh, could have been any console that I had, really, but it was it was a Super Nintendo and that's why that meant so much to me, I suppose, and quickly followed that up with the Nintendo 64 a couple of years later, and that helps in a different way, because I had more friends at that point, and having a having a Nintendo 64 and games like Mario Kart and Mario Party made it easier to socialise with friends in a way that I was perhaps more comfortable with. I guess that's kind of my story, really. It's not very long, but mm-hmm. it kind of means a lot to me. Yeah, I will forever be grateful for having that those worlds to escape to really just to get away from thinking about being bullied and not having that many friends at school if i could change anything that happened in my life then obviously it would be that i could, you know bring my dad back but if, if you know if you can't change that then i think i wouldn't change anything else you know what up i'm josh paulison i want to say that me and my brother discovered game maker when i was about 12 years old and this was before Game Maker was mainstream or seen as a professional tool, really, and before indie games were mainstream. And there was a website called Game Maker Monster Archive where they had their six megabyte games. And at the time, we had dial up. So downloading any of those games was kind of an investment for us. And one of those games that we got was called Seekless, S E I K L U S. It was released around 2003, but I think I got into it a few years later. That game was so charming, it was so simple, and it was made with the tools that we had available to us. 
on the one hand, it was something that felt so far beyond me at the time. Now I look at it and I'm like, yeah, with other people I could make that. But it had this kind of charm and enjoyment to it that drew me in. Even though I, at the time I didn't know how to solve all the puzzles and that took a while to figure out and ended up looking up some information on it, it showed me that you could make a simple, fun, charming game and not just that you could, but that I could. That it was something that anybody could do. Not immediately, but that we could grow and get there. And so for me, it was a really big inspiration for getting into game dev. And also it showed me the games don't have to be based around violence. It was the game you don't die, you don't kill anyone. You're just running around and exploring this world after a meteor separates you from your girlfriend. Beyond that, video games have taught me persistence, and every trial that I would come across in a game, whether it was Sly Cooper or Mario or any of the other classics that I grew up with, I could overcome them. Bar game glitches, bar problems with the game itself, I could overcome them. It didn't mean that I was able to yet, or that I was at the skill level to yet, but as I grew and as I became a better game player, I could overcome them. And this is a mindset that I still have today. And now this can actually be problematic because I can't actually overcome every trial, at least not by myself. But it's also helped me step into things that probably most people in the right minds wouldn't have. And it's helped me to grow and do a lot of really awesome things in programming and in writing and creative development. This next story is from Dean Veritiero. That's at D-V-E-R-I-T-I-E-R-O on Twitter. The way I say video games has changed my life is it's made me explore different hobbies. Um, for example, I'm a massive extreme sports fan now thanks to video games. I love watching skateboarding and BMX, snowboarding. If it wasn't for those games like Tony Hawk, SSX or Dave Mira, I wouldn't be into into those sports. Another thing is video game music. I'm very, very passionate about video game music. I've got a massive archive of video game music. Uh, recently, I've acquired about 28,000 tracks. I might just on just on Winamp alone. Uh, I have 28,000 tracks. I'm ex looking to expand that even more, and eventually, probably you know, archive the music somehow because it's not easy to find video game music. I'm trying to find certain soundtracks, and I'm struggling so hard. Another thing I would say it's helped me console myself is the word. I I would say it's helped me get over, not get over, but help me get by um, tough times, play some Sonic the Hedgehog, which is a game so close to my heart, um, like Sonic 1, 2, 3, um, Adventure, Adventure 2, uh, Unleashed, those games is at that time, it was Sonic Colors, uh, at that time it would help me get by uh, certain bad times of when losing someone very close to me. And it's, it's made me find so many good friends um through video games through twitter through uh, internet relay chat irc and um discord going through forums like uh sonic stadium message boards i used to do go through back, back in the day I still talk to people from there and uh currently i'm at sonic retro so i'm talking to people there i've made connections i've made new friendships i've been at radio sega for almost 10 years now uh, so, I've made some really close good friends f through uh, video games, and I wouldn't change that for the world. I really wouldn't. This next story is from Eamon Smith. That's at S-T-A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K-S on Twitter. When I think of the question, 
how have video games changed your life? Most people, I believe, are going to get pulled in one of two directions. Either A, they're going to come up with a top 10 list in their head and just unfairly and, and cruelly cut out video games that mean a lot to them for the sake of picking one that meant the most to them, kind of arbitrarily almost at that point. Or B, they're going to think of a time where playing a particular video game or a set of games uh, help them develop interpersonally in terms of a, a friendship or a relationship with another person. And that's well and good. And I don't mean to demean those kinds of stories, and certainly not anybody who's bold enough to share them with you on the internet. But when I think about how video games change a life, I don't think about it in terms of one climactic moment, or one piece of dialogue even, or, or a 10-minute cycle in an 80-hour video game journey where everything just then seemed to make sense. I think of a lot of smaller moments. I think of a lot of faces and places, and I didn't realize that was going to rhyme until I said it, but people is what I'm trying to get at. Not so much the content of the games themselves, but the sort of ever-changing cast of friends and boyfriends I've been surrounded by as I've had the privilege of playing them. And I think that's what makes video games great, is that no matter how frequently people in this day and age try to frame them as, as socially self-isolating, they're one of the most amazing ways you can connect with other human beings. And so I guess I would say that's how video games have changed my life. I wouldn't know the people I know today, and they wouldn't have had the chance to make me the person I am today if I hadn't picked up a... Uh, Game Boy Advance SP back in 2002. Or wait, 2003. Yeah, 2003. That's when that came out. This next story is from Jason Winstanley, or Termy. So 10 years ago, I was moving from secondary school through to college, uh, and I was doing so uh, with no friends at all. I was a solitary person at the time, living with Asperger's, and I didn't actually know I was uh, until a few years later. At college I started off hanging around with a few people who weren't great influences on me, um, but eventually I would meet a few other people who were better influences. Uh, we started talking about random stuff and eventually moved on to video games. We all, funnily enough, played on Xbox 360 and all played Halo 3, so we all ended up playing together. And that's when our friendships were properly born. Uh, we all decided to have matching in-game emblems and we chose a cat that was pink and had a brown cowboy hat on. And then we decided to call ourselves a clan, uh, specifically the Hello Kitty Cowboy Clan, but we called ourselves HK Cowboys for short to avoid copyright issues and all that. Um, we had a lot of fun playing games together. Uh, the theme to the action-packed final mission of Halo 3 became our anthem for a while, and we'd blast it out of the car when we were together. Uh, we then moved on to GTA 5 when that came out, played online together, and made Baker Street our clan anthem. Uh, then we moved on to Destiny, but we haven't moved on to Destiny 2, because that's not as great. Uh, a few of us ended up making our own YouTube channel, uh, and we wanted the HK Cowboys to be this huge media enterprise, but uh, sadly we all ended up having other things to do in our lives. Uh, but the HK Cowboys do still regularly play games and chat, even though, you know, it's been 10 years. This next story is from Marpix VA. RPGs played a very important factor in my young life. I can still remember trading Donkey Kong Country for Super Nintendo to a friend of mine for his copy of Secret of Mana. 
It's an RPG about a boy who is forced to leave his village and go on a journey that is packed with magic, mystery, danger, and a glimmer of hope that he and his newfound friends could overcome the challenges the world has thrown at them and be happy. When I received that game, I was that boy. Our family had just moved across town and I was going to be in a new school. Before I entered seventh grade, I would see five homes and five schools. My family wasn't rich. My dad went to where the work was. Playing Secret of Mana helped me make sense of my situation. New location, new friends, new dangers. In the 90s, it was hard for a kid to keep friends after he'd left a school. In fourth grade, I received Pokemon Red, and the fire-type Charmander became a steady friend. We had many adventures together. He helped me make other friends at school, too. In fifth grade, I moved again, and one of the only friends I got to keep from that year was Charmander. Soon I would add more RPGs to my Game Boy roster, mostly the Final Fantasy Legends series and Zelda if you count it. No matter what my real-life situation was, I had found consistency and happiness in these virtual realms. They offered me a stable environment where I was free to explore and make friends and even name some of them after the real people I was no longer able to see. Above all, these games offered me the reassurance I so badly needed in those times. You will be asked to leave your home and go somewhere new, forever. It will be scary. It will be tough. But, as long as you try your best, and you keep exploring, and you keep trying, you'll be alright. You'll find where you're supposed to be. This next story is from Matteo Montano. Again, apologies if I butchered your name. A lot of video games have changed my life, but nothing will change it more than Super Smash Bros. Melee for the Nintendo GameCube. I've practically played this game my whole life, and as I'm about to reach 20, it's the only game that has meant everything to me as a child and an adult. Of course, I loved it as a kid because of how insane the idea of playing Link and fighting Mario or Bowser is, but as an adult, I ended up loving it for a completely different reason. Melee has a competitive scene, and as an adult who loved the game as a child, I felt it was almost destiny that it would come back to my life. Through the Smash Brothers documentary, I fell in love with the players and the story that came along with the game all this time, and I had no idea. So I went to my first tournament, and everyone was so nice and I just wanted to play. I've made tons of friends through this game, but it taught me something much more important about life. It taught me how to be competitive with the right mindset. I never really did anything competitive before this, and when I sat down to play my first match, I felt the want to win. But not just a little, I wanted to win bad, and I never felt that with the video game before. Now my life consists of doing many competitive things and doing them right, without getting upset that I lost and throwing my controller or getting, you know, really salty. With how competitive everyday life can be sometimes, I feel like it's taught me the most valuable thing I'll ever know. To be the best at what you love, you have to put time and effort. If you truly love it, it will find a way to keep going, no matter what. Hi, uh, I'm the Hashtagonist, and I'd like to share with you how gaming has been a positive influence on my life, personally. So my love for playing video games eventually led to me becoming active in the video game community. I have drifted from your typical internet forums to social media and pretty much everything in between, until I finally became a contributing voice to the industry myself. Um, and stepping into this circle almost instantly popped the social bubble I had been living in pretty much for all my life, uh, where my everyday offline social circle mostly consists of the most vanilla friends, you know, the straight, white, married 1.6 kids, I now got exposed to a wide variety of voices and insights. 
Thanks to games and gaming, I have made friends with people of color, people with disabilities, and members of the LGBTQ community. And their friendship has helped me grow as a person. Before, I was often quick with a snarky joke or quite some problematic comments that I didn't mean that way. But due to my exposure to these fantastic gaming personalities, I was able to clean up my act and I'm still thriving to become a better person every single day. So what I want to give to you here is that playing games is cool, like the games itself is cool, but they truly hold the power to bring people together like no other medium. Keep that in mind every time you pick up that controller that you are being connected to a wide variety of people that you might otherwise not have access to, and that is truly what makes gaming great. Hi, Ryan Anime here. I wasn't sure whether to include my own story in this, um, but I knew that people would end up just asking, especially those already aware of it. So I thought I'd include it. Anyway, apologies if that seems a little bit weird. You know, the usual story for me for video games is that it helped me form friendships. Many friends I have, I have because of video games. Decade-long friendships formed around games like Super Smash Bros., um, Mario Kart, um, you know, all, all, Kingdom Hearts. Lots of different games I've virtually formed lifelong friendships around, which is wonderful. Um, you know, I almost lost my father a few years ago, and um, to the point that we we honestly thought he was that he was going to die. And one of the things that I thought about at that at that moment was, you know, that I'm not going to be able to play video games with him again. And I thought about the the things that he'd given me in terms of video games, as obviously my parents introduced me to video games. Obviously, my career is in video games. I don't know where I would be without them. I grew up in an incredibly poor family. However poor you are thinking, much poorer than that. Um, we were the kind of family that uh, branded crisps. We thought that was posh. Brands were just not something that we owned. We once had someone say to us, you know, everyone can afford a coffee. And it's like, no, like my family straight up cannot afford that. We were incredibly, incredibly poor and they still are. I don't live with my mum and my two brothers anymore. But, you know, they struggle. They struggle hard. And um, I was kind of the first person in my family to go out and get a job. Uh, a lot of my, well, all my family uh, don't really work. Um, and when you're in that environment, when you're in a, a, a very poverty-stricken town with all your friends are poor, all your family are poor, you go through school, you go through life really not expecting much. You don't know what to do with yourself. And if you can just live then you've done well you know the it was basically expected of you to just leave school or college and go and sign on and that's your life but I managed to break away from that which I'm very very lucky obviously I've worked really hard but I'm not going to pretend that I've done anything spectacular it's it's luck a lot of it is very luck based very circumstantial and i'm very 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 lucky and very very uh, appreciative of that obviously i love working in video games i'm i'm just amazed whenever i think of the things that i've been privileged enough to be able to do another way that video games have changed my life is i likely wouldn't be here without them you may or may not know that i suffered from quite severe depression over the years i attempted suicide twice in my teen years, uh, once came very close to succeeding and was in hospital for a while. Um, and I, I, I missed a whole year off of school due to it, um, you know, right before my GCSEs as well. And my family, as I say, very poor, 
couldn't really afford anything, but my mum bought me a Nintendo Wii, which at the time was fairly new, and she really could not afford to do that, I don't know how she managed to do that, but she bought one, I, I guess, in an attempt to try and cheer me up, and, you know, items aren't going to cure you of depression, and I won't pretend that it did, but it helped, you know, it was something to distract me from the Wii, I, and, and I loved Nintendo, and I loved that Wii, and I still adore that console to bits. In a way, it did help. The thing is with depression is pills and things that you manage to touch yourself with, it doesn't cure you, it ends up making you want to get better, which is a great first step. And yeah, I, I honestly feel that, that that console was one of the things that made me want to start getting better, that made me realise I need to get out of this, I need to get better. So yeah, video games have a deep, deep meaning t for me. I mean, I surround myself with them every day, I talk about them every day, it's my job every day. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I really wouldn't. Hi, my name is Will Harrison. I'm 32, and I currently live in Austin, Texas, where I'm a reporter, a columnist, and a writer that covers video games. <laughs> and if it wasn't obvious that video games changed my life in that way, that it brought me to a career, I mean, it, it also changed it in another way, in that it brought me to my wife. Um, back in college in 2010, I had just changed majors from nursing, and I really had no direction. I'd always enjoyed writing, but I didn't see it as a career at that time because, you know, I was young. I didn't really have any concepts for anything. So I'm in a public speaking course at Ohio University, and I'm sitting and waiting, and there's this girl who gets up and starts giving a speech about Little Big Planet and how it was a bonding moment for her and her roommates and her group of friends that we're all kind of from different areas and from different parts of the school. And I'm not going to lie, I, I fell for her right then and there because I was just like, wait, video games? Attractive girl? It's my, my, my program? But, okay. So I, in the least stalkery way possible, like found a way to strike up a conversation then there and, and walk back with her talking about um, Fallout and uh dragon age and how much she loved virtual fighter but could never find anybody to play because it's you know virtual fighter and it sprung off from there i mean we dated i found out she was a part-time uh blogger about video games on um, games beat which later became venture beat and it kind of just went from there because she was like hey why haven't you tried writing and i thought you know communications is kind of adjacent to journalism so why not and it kind of sprung off from there um we continued dating from there. I moved to her hometown shortly after graduation and started working at the local newspaper, um, first as a research assistant, but later I got a chance to write for them uh, covering the 2 a.m. Uh, crime beat shift. And it was purely because they knew that I had a writing background and that I had been writing online for gaming blogs for a couple of years at that point. They're like, hey, we're going to give you a chance. I did that for two years which was fun because I was also in the middle of getting married. So, you know, we come back from our, our honeymoon and I'm immediately getting up at 1.30 a.m. to go to work. It's just like, well, see you later, honey. And that led to me getting my own weekly column in the print and paper edition of the Toledo Blade, um, where I still do that now, along with other freelancing duties. Um, I've written for Thrillist, I've written for Curse and, and Amazon and... Uh, I will be covering uh, the Statesman for the, or covering South by Southwest for the Austin American Statesman again. And it's funny, I never thought anything would come of all that, but 
it was this weird mutual love of video games and just a a chance where I could geek out about games with somebody that led me down this life path that I couldn't have ever thought otherwise. Like, I could have predicted it. And I still kind of find that to be marvelous. So, thank you, video games. This next story is from Elizabeth. That's at Lizzie underscore S-I-L-V-A-S on Twitter. My name is Elizabeth, and I have played video games since I was a little child. My first video game console was actually a Nintendo that my father got for me. I played many different games like Super Mario Brothers, Battletoads, and Little Nimoy, the Dream Master. Unfortunately, in 1993, the doctors found a brain tumor launched in the back of my head. Where this tumor was located was actually very difficult for the doctors to do surgery. But through the grace of God, I did survive and I had to make a recovery. Unfortunately, the embarrassing part was having to learn everything I learned as a child over again at age 11. To make matters worse, I had to go back to school. And I was being bullied a lot because I looked different. All my hair had been shaved off. I was very, very chubby from all the medication the doctors gave me. And I had a horrible stuttering problem. A lot of people judged me because the popular people would point to me and say, don't talk to her. She is ugly or say other vicious things. And it really depressed me because sometimes these bullies would tell me I should have died from my brain tumor instead of lived. What broke my heart also was I could no longer hold my Nintendo controller. So playing Mario games was out of the question. But one day, my father took me to a store and I discovered a new console known as the Sega Genesis. The Sega Genesis controller was much different from the Nintendo controller because it was something I could actually hold in my hands even though my hands would still shake. It was something I could grasp and it began to help me. I actually started to really bond with my Sega Genesis and especially Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic began to keep me very happy and I would sometimes block out what bullies would say about me. Even though I did not have any friends in school, I had Sonic. It was okay if kids made fun of me in school because I knew Sonic was waiting for me when I got home. The video games kept me entertained. They began to help me build my confidence and especially help me improve my hand-eye coordination. And I began to get up and want to walk and run like Sonic did. That's why playing video games means so much to me. It helps me forget the trouble I have been dealing with and problems I still deal with. And I just wish people knew just how much Sonic means to me personally. He was all I had after my brain tumor surgery. That's not to say I don't love Mario or Crash Bandicoot or anybody else. It's just Sonic was there 
when I needed him. His video games were there when I needed them. And they still keep me happy to this day. This story is from ZagzanOTM on Twitter. That's at X-A-G-Z-A-N-O-T-M. Fun little experience of the time I helped teach a class using an MMO, specifically Lord of the Rings Online. So basically this was a brief course taught by a professor who I'd taken a couple of classes with in college. And the last one I had done with him was an online course. Now this was right before the MOOCs really got popular, and I think MOOC stands for Massively Open Online Course, something like that. It's a, it's a free online course. Uh, that professor was really big. He was like on the forefront. He was really enthusiastic about online education, interaction with students, and he also liked video games. The, the last class I had taken with him a couple of years earlier had been a course on Homer, and it had also been through El, uh, Lord of the Rings Online. That was basically, we'd go through different modules, uh, completing different quests for the main story and side quests together in groups. We'd all be in the game, so it was very fun. It was the first time I'd ever played an MMO. I wasn't much of a PC gamer, but when I saw that was a requirement for the class, I thought, wow, that's very interesting. I might as well, you know, I'd love to give that a go since I love Tolkien, I love video games. A year or two after that, the professor contacted a couple of us who had taken the, the class, me and a couple of other students, and he asked us if we'd like to be his teaching assistants on another course that was also going to use Lord of the Rings Online, since we already had experience with the game. So I said, you know, of course, it sounded like fun. The course was basically formatted the same way. It was an economics class for econ majors, and the professor provided us with scripts. We were each going to have our own groups of about at least 20 students, possibly more, and basically we were just going to, you know, help them through the early parts of the game. I will say that ultimately it worked out. The course was a success in the end, but at the very beginning it was a hilarious and fun disaster. So we gathered in the starting starting area for our first group session, all the team leaders, all the students. It, it was a glorious mess right from the start. You know, it seemed like a lot of these students had, had never played an MMO before, and it showed. We were just trying to introduce them to, you know, the basic mechanics of, you know, walking, jumping, or, and then uh, messaging each other in the text box. I still remember all the students and all the teams were just running around aimlessly, and we were trying to, you know, corral them. And I was, I remember telling one person, okay, okay, walk towards me, follow me, come towards me. <laughs> and the, he goes in the complete opposite direction <laughs> and, and walks off a cliff. And I, I could not stop laughing. And every everyone was just trying to teach people the basic mechanics. It was so great. That was an interesting experience of just that first session, trying to get all the students in one place and show them the mechanics, and then the complete opposite happening. That was very funny. Luckily, like I said, in the end, it all went well. They got the hang of it. They did their assignments. We guided them. It, it, was, all, it was a good experience, good educational experience. Uh, and then at the very end, as a celebration, we all went up on some bridge, and then we just jumped off for fun into the water. I don't remember why we did that, but we all just jumped off 
and I think my character broke his leg. I'm sure there might be a, le a life lesson in there somewhere, something about, I don't know, teaching or the accessibility of video games, but ultimately it was just a really fun, goofy time. It, w it was a, a, go a good experience for me as well just trying to teach people the ins and out of a video game that, until recently, I had been completely unfamiliar with myself, so I liked it. This next story is from Ivan Genk, that's at goodguy, G-E-N-C, on Twitter. My parents were avid gamers way back when, so I grew up surrounded by video games, which influenced me in so many ways. At some point in my childhood, I picked up The Sims alongside many other games like um, Tomb Raider, Heroes 3, and Crash Bandicoot, but I believe The Sims specifically is the reason why I know and speak English so well. I mean, just thinking about it now, video games generally help me learn the language more than formal education ever did or ever could. But now that I'm older and games are obviously quite different, um, I've been affected by some in deeply psychological ways. I just have to mention Night in the Woods, a game so freakishly similar to my life. It helped me come to terms with my own existence and actually provided me with good and proper life lessons. Coming from a dark place with a history of mental illness, I identified with the main character May and even found bits of myself and my friends and other characters as well. And not to mention how Possum Springs draws infinite perils with my own hometown. I just, I never knew I needed a game like it. At times, I, I'd boot it up just to recenter myself in the universe. It made me feel not alone. It helped me feel not broken. And it helped me realize what's important and how much I love and appreciate my friends. The tagline of the game hangs over me like a guardian angel. At the end of everything, hold on to anything. This next story is from Rupert Good. I only admitted to myself that I was gay a lot later than I should have. I only really accepted myself when I was about 30. For a lot of time before that, I'd tried to persuade myself that anything I'd felt towards guys wasn't attraction and any thought that I might be gay would often make me panic a bit and I'd try and stop that chain of thought. One thing that actually did help a lot was the game Mass Effect 3. I'd been happy to have relationships with female characters in the first two games, but 3 was the first to include gay male relationships, and as soon as Caden Elenko became a romance option in the third game, I absolutely knew that he was the character that I wanted to have a romance with. But I had a flatmate who I didn't want to know about that, so after the scene where you initiate the romance, I loaded up a save from just before and instead knocked Caden back, breaking his heart and mine, and played out the rest of the game with the female character Liara. I'm not saying that I'd still be in denial without Mass Effect 3, but it was something I thought about a lot over the year or two between then and my finally accepting myself. I guess that just acting through, through an avatar made it feel easier to explore that side of things. I'm now happily and proudly out to everyone, but that game was an important step in my path. I also hope that shows how important diversity can be in games, as no other medium could really have given me that experience. And I did ha eventually have a romance with Caden when I had a second playthrough. Thank you so much again to everyone who took part in this episode. I'm genuinely, endlessly appreciative. Some really amazing stories, some very personal stories that people have given. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. 
If you didn't make this episode and you did send something in, please don't be disheartened. I will be using more user content in future. Um, so please look out on my Twitter, at ToadsAnime, because I will be asking questions in the future and um, have user-submitted content in future episodes. Um, and please don't come away with, from this episode feeling down, because that's not really the point. Yes, some of these stories are a little bit sad, but overall heartwarming. It's overall a positive message of someone's life being changed for the better. And I don't want this episode to be preachy. I'm not saying that video games are entirely without flaws. They absolutely are not. There are issues in the culture. There can be issues with gambling. There can be issues with addiction. I do believe all those things are issues. But as on a whole, video games have brilliant artistic merit. They are, of course, entertaining. And they can genuinely change people's lives for the better. And hopefully I've been able to show just a few people's stories that show that. And there are millions more stories like that out there. As I said before, please go and share those people some love. If they have links, the links are in the bio below. And I'll see you in the next episode. We probably won't be talking about this. Probably be something a little bit lighter and more topical. Subscribe to Toad on Games podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this on. And if you wanted to, there is a Patreon. I hate doing this, but it's patreon.com slash toadsanime. I'm hoping in the future, if even just a little tiny bit, to pay contributors something just as a thank you for helping with this podcast because they don't need to. So yes, catch you on the next episode.